Hello, I'm Ryan Tate, and welcome to History of the Pacific Northwest, Episode 1, Flannels and Rain, right? Thank you for checking out our very first episode of this series. For the duration, this podcast will cover the history and stories in this far-flung corner of the United States of America, known as the Pacific Northwest. It is a history rich in Native American culture, seafaring explorers, imperial rivalries, pioneers, industry, technology, and natural resources. Even if you are not from here, I hope that this podcast will have something for everyone, and I hope you enjoy it. So, the Pacific Northwest is one of the many unique and sometimes hard-to-define regions of the USA. I myself grew up in Washington State, in the small town of Cleellum, nestled in the foothills of the Cascade Mountain Range. I've come to appreciate and love the Pacific Northwest and treasure it deeply in my heart. Relatively little is known about the Pacific Northwest to those who don't live there, and the people who live in the Northwest are hardly a homogenous group of locals. Its people are diverse, and its landscape and makeup even more so. Before I go further, it might be important to take some time to classify what I will be considering as the Pacific Northwest for the purpose of this podcast. As I said, regions can be hard to define, especially considering the state and country lines on a map are imaginary and don't account for geography. Understand, though, that a lot of our early episodes will focus on the geographical Pacific Northwest as various empires established in North America inch closer to this now tri-state region. With that in mind, let's look at the states that will eventually be the main focus of this series. To begin, we will start with what I will not be considering a part of the Pacific Northwest. Firstly, Montana. Some include Montana in their definition of the Pacific Northwest. I admit, Montana, or at least the western half of it, fits into features of the region. Rugged mountains and relative emptiness for starters. The Rocky Mountains, however, isolated Montana from most of the states west of there. The majority of Montana is characterized by the Great Plains. Therefore, for the consideration of this podcast, Montana will not be a part of the Pacific Northwest. Next is Northern California. Northern California certainly shares geographic similarities to the Northwest, but the state extends far southward and has an entirely different identity. California's development as a part of the Spanish Empire gives it a unique history of its own. The majority of California embodies the Southwest region of the United States and fits better into that category. Lastly is British Columbia, Canada. Again, British Columbia fits quite well into the Pacific Northwest framework, and geographically speaking, probably fits better into the Pacific Northwest than any other. British Columbia will play an important role in the region's history as well. However, due to the international border separating British Columbia from the United States, it will not be considered a part of the Pacific Northwest for this podcast. My definition of the Pacific Northwest will be comprised of the three states, Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. These three share many of the same geographic features, and their economic development parallels each other well. Originally home to a plethora of indigenous peoples, once settled by Europeans and Americans, this region became an economic hinterland. Valuable resources were extracted from the region and transported to the more populous east coast of the United States. For much of its settlement history, the Northwest was sparsely populated. Even now, much of the region can be seen as relatively empty, with only a few concentrated urban centers. As I said, the majority of this podcast will be about the history of Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. However, 
It would be wrong to ignore the surrounding events that meant so much to the development of the Pacific Northwest as a region of the United States. So our story will begin with the story of North America and South America. I will try to keep focused on what is important specifically to the Pacific Northwest, but I want to make sure I establish clear context. Today, I would like to take the time for us to get a sense of place and an understanding of the Northwest today. I will cover the Pacific Northwest's unique geography, as well as its current population makeup. Despite popular belief, the region is not made up solely of flannel wearers who get constantly rained on. The Northwest is home to rainforests, river valleys, deserts, lakes, snow-capped mountain ranges, and even volcanoes. So let's begin our geographic tour. To most people, when you tell them that you are from the Pacific Northwest, their first question is usually, it rains a lot there, right? Most people conjure up images of torrential downpours 334 days out of the year with a glimmer of sunshine during the month of July where the people briefly shed their hiking jackets before a dreary return to rainy season. However, this is not the case for most of the Pacific Northwest. Certain areas do experience significant rainfall. However, there are also deserts that remain dry and have recorded some of the hottest temperatures in the United States. The landscape is variable and unique. If you were to get in the car and drive one direction for a few hours, you could be in a significantly different climate. As we go through our geographic tour, I will do my best to paint a broad picture of what the states look like, so I apologize if I am not specific enough for some or if I miss any of your favorite landmarks, but I'll do my best. First on our geographic tour is Washington. On the west is the Pacific Ocean and Washington's coastline. The Pacific is cold year-round and even during summer with an average temperature of only 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Weather on the coast is consistent and ranges from 40 to 60 degrees on average due to the ocean climate. The cold Pacific contributes significantly to the climate of the Pacific Northwest as a whole. It brings a great deal of cold air and rainfall to the region. At the northwest tip of Washington, where the land sticks out into the ocean like the tip of an arrow, is the Olympic Peninsula. In the northern portion of the peninsula, one can find the Olympic Mountains. The regions of the peninsula west and south of the Olympic Mountains are temperate rainforests. These rainforests on average see at minimum 120 inches of rainfall per year, with some years recording 150 inches. The Ho Rainforest in this area is among the wettest places in the United States. North of the Olympic Peninsula, is a strip of sea that separates Washington from Vancouver Island and the rest of Canada. This sea lane is known as the Strait of Juan de Fuca. Following the strait towards Washington, turning north would take you to the San Juan Islands. Turning south would bring you into the Puget Sound. The Puget Sound is defined as all the water south of the three entrances off the Strait of Juan de Fuca. Puget Sound was the hidden gem of the Northwest. Its many estuaries and deep water basins made it perfect for trade and shipping. Ships can navigate the basin with relative ease. It is no wonder that it developed into a center of commerce, settlement, and naval bases. The Puget Sound region is prone to consistent drizzles of rain and can experience rain up to 150 days a year. This contributes to the Pacific Northwest's reputation for constant rain, as the majority of Washington's residents live near the Sound. Most of the Puget Sound region experiences a Mediterranean climate, meaning a hot, dry summer and mild but relatively wet fall, winter, and springs. The rain is often light, 
but heavy rains can be common from time to time. East of Puget Sound is the Cascade Mountains. The Cascades span the entire state north to south and serve as the de facto divide of western Washington from eastern Washington. The Cascades are home to several active volcanoes and famous peaks such as Mount Baker, Glacier Peak, Mount Rainier, the tallest mountain in the Cascades, Mount Adams, and the infamous Mount St. Helens, whose violent eruption in 1980 still invokes awe of those who live near it. Moving south to the border between Washington and Oregon is the Columbia River Basin. The Columbia is one of the largest rivers in North America. Its headwaters reach all the way up to Canada, and it turns west near Hell's Canyon, where it cuts through the Cascade Mountains and eventually into the Pacific Ocean at Cape Disappointment. The Columbia was used for transportation and commerce by many Native American tribes and later settlers. The rain shadow effect caused by the Cascade Mountains leaves little rainfall and moisture for eastern Washington. Most of this region can be characterized as semi-arid steppe or desert. One of the hottest recorded temperatures in the United States was in Washington, when Hanford measured temperatures of 120 degrees in 2021. The deserts in eastern Washington are among the hottest in the USA. Despite its dry climate, the soil of much of eastern Washington is rich in nutrients and home to productive farmlands. The soil spurred irrigation projects to ensure that crops could grow there. The easternmost regions of Washington are comprised of many agricultural communities. Next, we move south into Oregon. The Oregon coastline gives way to the coastal mountains. This area is of cold, mild weather with rainfall throughout much of the year. Much like in Washington, the Pacific Ocean has tremendous influence over Oregon's weather. The coast of Oregon is pristine with many beautiful beaches. The mountains near the coast are named simply the Coastal Range. This mountain range extends 200 miles southward beginning north at the Columbia River. Just east of the Coastal Range in northern Oregon is the Willamette River Valley. The Willamette Valley extends from Portland, Oregon south to Eugene, Oregon and is part of the current I-5 corridor. This region is home to a Mediterranean climate with hot dry summers and mild wet winters. The Willamette Valley is wetter and rainier than most Mediterranean climates though. The Willamette runs north and deposits into the Columbia River. Its valley is the most densely populated region in Oregon. Its southern counterpart is the Rogue Valley, home of the Rogue River. The Rogue Valley is south near the border of California and is home to Oregon's second highest population density, including the cities of Grants Pass, Ashland, and Medford. The Rogue River runs from the Klamath Mountains in southwest Oregon. The Cascade Range runs north to south through Oregon as well, and much like Washington serves as a de facto border between the western and eastern halves of Oregon. Some notable peaks in the Oregon Cascades are Mount Hood, Mount Jefferson, the Sisters, Mount Thielson, and Mount McLaughlin. Crater Lake is also located in the Oregon Cascade Range. Crater Lake was formed by volcanic explosions and collapse. The lake is the deepest in the United States, and it's the ninth deepest lake in the entire world. Central Oregon is, well, in the middle of Oregon, nestled between the Cascades in the west and the Ochako Mountains in the east. This land of forests and lakes is hot, with relatively little rainfall due to being in the rain shadow of the Cascade Mountains. 
Central Oregon gives way to Eastern Oregon. The east is extremely rural and almost entirely desert. The rain shadows effects are most prominent here and causes Eastern Oregon to receive less than 10 inches of rainfall a year. Our third and final stop of the geographic tour is Idaho. Idaho's population is significantly smaller than that of its Western counterparts and therefore its natural environment is all the more pristine. Idaho is a part of the Rocky Mountain Range, the largest mountain range in North America. Idaho's geography is rough and rugged. Some notable mountains in Idaho are Bald Peak, Bora Peak, Cache Peak, Castle Peak, and Diamond Peak. Being a part of the Rocky Mountains, Idaho has many large outstanding peaks. The Snake River is Idaho's largest river and is a tributary of the Columbia River. The Snake River is famous for its salmon spawning grounds and was the ancestral home of many Native American tribes. The Shoshone and Nez Perce were some of the most dominant. The majority of Idaho's population lives in the Snake River Plain, which includes Idaho's capital, Boise. The Snake River cut the gorge known as Hell's Canyon, which is the deepest gorge in the United States. The river also tips over Shoshone Falls, which are higher than that of the world-famous Niagara Falls. Most of Idaho is characterized by its various mountain ranges, including the Sawtooth Range, one of the most famous in Idaho's, as well as the Bitterroot Range, the White Cloud Mountains, the Lost River Range, the Clearwater Mountains, and the Salmon River Mountains. Idaho's climate varies, yet still feels the effect of the Pacific Ocean. Idaho does not get as cold as other mountainous northern states, on average. Idaho is rich in natural resources. Its silver mines drew settlers to the state early on. It is also home to agriculture and probably most famous for its potatoes. All three of our states can be characterized by a relative emptiness in regards to the people that live there. In Washington, the majority of its population lives around the Puget Sound and the Spokane area near the border of Idaho. In Oregon, most people live in the Willamette and Rogue Valleys. The former includes the city of Portland as well as Oregon's capital city of Salem. The latter includes the aforementioned city of Medford. In Idaho, most people live in the Snake River Plain, which includes the capital of Boise. These metro areas contain a significant portion of each state's population. In Washington, the Puget Sound region, which includes the Seattle metropolitan area, is home to just over 4 million people, approximately 52% of the state population. That is over half of the state's total population living in a mere 8% of the total area of the state. In Oregon, the Willamette Valley is home to approximately 70% of the state population. Idaho's Boise metro area is home to 795,000 people, or 42% of the state population. The relative emptiness of the Pacific Northwest is one of its defining characteristics. Aside from the concentrated metropolitan areas, the Northwest is surprisingly rural. This has allowed much of the Northwest to retain a significant amount of state and federally protected land. Its pristine natural landscape is one of the best in all of the United States. I recognize my inherent bias, but I stand by it. Now that we have a general sense of place, we will explore the development of the Pacific Northwest from the first people that lived there to a resource-rich region that empires vied to claim and to its incorporation into the United States.
For now, this podcast will release every two weeks, so keep an eye out for future episodes. I look forward to exploring the multifaceted story of this region, and I hope you enjoy the series. 